the word evangelios or evangelize means good news. Gospel kind of means that too. Well, our gospel this morning isn't too kind. It's pretty drastic. It sort of shakes the foundation that the Lord has come to bring not peace but division and that he has a fire that needs to be burning brightly and he needs to accomplish it. And yet, while I certainly believe, and I think so do you, that our Lord is kind and merciful, that he wishes to save us and bring us home to heaven when our time comes, we also have been taught that our Lord is just that there is judgment. And so my first thought is that maybe we have been relying just on the one side of God, the merciful side, and sort of thinking we can, uh, we can wait until later, and then we'll ask God for mercy. And in the meantime, we live sort of like everybody else. It's a very real temptation and maybe reality. We sort of like to go with the flow, forgetting that we have a fire as well. We must burn brightly his fire. And he will ask us what we did with his gifts. We all know that. So my first question is, how is your fire? How are you burning brightly? Now, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here because you got up to come to Mass at 7.30. And maybe it ain't burning too brightly, but you're here, yes. However, it's easy, as I just said, for us to kind of go with the flow, try to keep peace. Don't talk religion and politics, just mm, And yet, we must. We must speak, we must live, we must stand up for those things which are true and real. Always with charity and kindness, of course. We don't want to be obnoxious. We don't want to be judgmental. And yet people need to know what we believe and how we believe and what we stand for. Always, of course, with a smile and with charity. And we need to be aflame in our faith. We need to put our faith as a priority, not as something we do one hour a week. Again, I'm preaching to the choir. You know that less than half of the Catholics in the United States go to Mass on any kind of regular basis. And in Europe, it's less, 5 10%. So, we can't do much about that, but we can do everything about ourselves. So, how is our fire? Are we aflame for the Lord? The second half of that gospel sounds very, very tragic. To split families, we've been hearing a lot about that in terms of immigration and all of that to put three against two and two against three, father against son, etc., etc. But 
It was a real reality in the early church that in a Greek or Roman family, maybe the wife and her children would become Christian, but the husband wouldn't or couldn't because of his status. And seemingly, often the father would give his wife an ultimatum. Either you stay with the household gods, the Roman gods, or you will have to leave. And often, I guess, they had to. St. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where he talks about a believer and a non-believer being married. And he says, if you can live together in peace, stay. If not, go in peace. God has called you to peace. And so this, this was a reality that sometimes Families had to choose the Lord and had to leave the rest of the family because they had their status to consider. Roman citizens, uh, politicians, people who had power. That is also still true today. Periodically, you will hear about people who have joined the church against great family opposition. Oh, about 10, 15, 10 years ago, I was talking to a young man who was becoming Catholic here at St. Michael's, and he asked me, do I have to tell my family? I said, no. He said, because my sister became Catholic a few years ago, and my family ostracized her. I'm the only one who talks to her. And I don't want that to happen to me. And I said, okay, you don't need to tell them, but if they ask you, have you become Catholic? You need to tell the truth. I don't know what happened. He did become Catholic. But you may know of some families where they have forced such decisions that if you become Catholic, we won't talk to you anymore. Uh, very sad. So, following the Lord sometimes costs. It is demanding. It may even cost family. Now, in other areas, maybe you've had to leave a job because of the unethical practices or because of the very difficult personalities that you had to work with, that you could not be party to some of their decisions and maybe even some of their policies. I think that we need to take even more seriously that where we work also counts. Or maybe you've had to make some even difficult family decisions and maybe you had to separate from an abusive spouse or people divorced for many reasons, some of them very real. But we make decisions, not because we want to, but because we have to, for health and salvation. But again, always with charity. Uh, vengeance or hate or anger cannot continue. It won't help us. So we pray for that kind of unity where we can all get together and serve the Lord as best we can. Now. 
I like that first reading of Jeremiah, and it connects to this whole business of division and, and not having peace, because he was speaking against the government of his time. We're not the first time that has had a whole bunch of corrupt governments, okay? It's been around a long time. And they didn't like what he had to say, so they threw him into the cistern, which is a big old water pit that collects water whenever the rains come. And it was empty. There wasn't much rain at that time. And so he sunk down into the mud. Sometimes in our lives, we get thrown into a pit, into a cistern, and we sink into the mud. Maybe you may feel that way right now, that you are in an untenable situation. And we have to trust in the Lord. In Jeremiah's case, it was a foreigner, a Cushite, who was told to go and throw him a rope and pull him out lest he starve to death. The Lord sends all kinds of different people to help us, not necessarily our own. But he does, and that's the good news, which is echoed in the great second reading from Hebrews that says that we have to run the good race, but keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Again, our blazing desire to follow him. And later on it says, do not grow weary and do not lose heart. There's a lot of negativity these days, but we've been around a long time, 2,000 years as a church. If you want to go back to Abraham, 1,800 years more, the Lord will send leaders to pull us out of the pit. And so, let us trust in him. Let us keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. Let us work for unity, but stay true to our values and our sanity. And finally, let us keep our fire blazing for the Lord and for all to see.